Well, hey, gents. It is episode 20 of the New Kind of Man podcast, and I am coming in hot from the study, which is a room in my house. So I am grateful that you are going to sit in on this conversation that I had with Aaron Long. He is the creator and curator of Dad in the Trenches. Aaron shares his story about how faith restored his marriage and the valuable tools he gained through the process. This ultimately is what helped him to spur him to launch Dad in the Trenches in the first place. We discuss some of the inherent flaws in the modern Christian movement and how true Christianity is the actual answer. And we talk about his broken spiritual life as that left him adrift in an ocean of confusion and all the brokenness that surrounded that until he surrendered his pride and his rule following to Jesus. Aaron encourages men to step up into their roles as fathers and men, and I encourage you to keep listening. Welcome to the New Kind of Man podcast, where we are growing stronger and more capable men. We believe that every man can be a good man, and we are here to help men on their journey to become new men. These men will become better at leading themselves and better at leading in their homes and workplaces. Paul the Apostle gave the command to put on the new man. On this podcast, I interview people who've become new men relationally, physically, spiritually, or intellectually. This happens through their stories of stretching, grit, and determination. We want the good, the bad, and the ugly, so we all can become better men. So let's get after it. Welcome to the New Kind of Man podcast, and today we have the privilege and honor of bringing on Aaron from Dad in the Trenches. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good, Chad. Thanks for the invite. Of course. Um, I have been connected with your work and with you personally er, since early on, actually, in A New Kind of Man. I don't even know if I had 50 followers on Instagram (laughs) when we first connected and uh, just kind of uh, linked up to your work and we uh, we actually dropped a podcast on on your station or yes. in, in Dad in the Trenches. Yes. As a matter of fact, we recorded twice. We so did. <laughs> Technical difficulties, unfortunately. So, yeah. uh, uh, but I'm glad we were able to, to lay it down. And uh, that was a fun fun conversation. It sure was. It sure was. I've had a lot of other good conversations actually based off of that one. So, oh, good. Yeah, I just want to say thanks for taking a chance on me way back oh. uh, all these months ago, and and oh, I thought yeah. it was great, and I really appreciate our connection. Yeah, it's the beauty of just technology and social media. We got to connect early, and you know, we even had a phone call or two, even I don't know, even before we I started podcasting, and you know, we had all that, and it's just you you felt very kindred, and uh, we had a lot of commonalities, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just been it's been fun to just build that friendship. So yeah, I agree. I agree. So I just let the cat out of the bag that uh, that you are the creator and curator of Dad in the Trenches. You have a <laughs> website and all that. I'll put all that in the show notes, of course. Yeah. Tell us some other things about yourself. What are your family dynamics? Uh, sure. You know, what uh, what's happening around the homestead? Yeah. So, uh, see, I've been married 15 years now. Cool. Uh, I'm a father of four kiddos, uh, ranging in age from five all the way up to 11. We have three boys, one daughter, and uh, we have a lively and active house. So um, <laughs> I feel, feel very much, um, you know, dad in the trenches is uh, a metaphor for life yeah. and uh, being in the thick of it and uh, all the responsibilities and all the pressures and uh, uh, much of <laughs> much of the content of dad in the trenches has come out of just personal life and struggles and some victories and all of that. So uh, definitely still very much feel in the trenches of life right now mm-hmm. with uh, the way household is, is, and, you know, um, you know, work full time and uh, work a demanding job as a leader of a construction company. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, the, the days are, days are long and never feels like you have enough time with family. So, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to make every, every minute and hour count as best I can. So, yeah. yeah. I know that feeling. So 15 years married, man, you, uh, you've had to have learned a lot of things there and I'm glad that you started dad in the trenches so you can disseminate all that wisdom to us. Right. <laughs> you know, the school yeah. of hard knocks is always open, right? It yeah, totally. You know, and, 
and in you know part of my story and you know we can we can go whatever direction you want just conversation wise but you know mm -hmm. one of the the hard knocks of 15 years it, it really was a celebration to hit 15 because four or five years ago you know separation was looming for my wife and i wow and um you know glory to the lord because mm -hmm. uh, he's done quite a work in me and you know as as your listeners or others that maybe check out dad in the trenches or uh you know that follow along or listen you know will uh, quickly understand that you know so much of my life revolves around my faith and mm -hmm. uh, so much is a, a testimony to just the grace and the kindness of of jesus to really do a, a work in me and and very much i'm excited to be on a new kind of man because i feel like over the last four or five years he has been creating me to be a new kind of man awesome uh, with more of his his heart so um excited about that 15 years was a great celebration so yeah. so what happened uh I, I don't need the details leading up yeah. to to the struggle but um but obviously things are better and different now yeah. in celebrating 15 years i mean 15 years yeah. that is quite an accomplishment it is and uh you know staying married is in in our day and age is quite an accomplishment with everything that seems to be uh going against us as as just people but uh so what changed four years ago what changed in you and and mm -hmm. not that you could really speak for your wife probably but yeah. uh, what changed to make it better yeah um you know so several things um and i get into a little bit of backstory too just um my story is one that i grew up in the church okay uh western christianity um and so um, so much of life for me was, uh, it was about head knowledge. Yeah. It was a faith that was based around, um, belief at a head knowledge level. Mm -hmm. And so I think regardless of maybe your philosophy on life or even your religion, if, if all it is, is head knowledge, there's really not transformation that happens in your life. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the beauty that that came about four or five years ago was um it moved from head to heart and okay. the this the spirit of god really you know uh did a renewal in me and connected uh not just belief but mm -hmm. um really the truth hit home so cool. um you know that that was a, a catalyst for change um by all means so uh, and really the, the, the way of living life, way of living Christianity, um, really wasn't, um, up until that point was, was still performance based. I, I, <laughs> I jokingly refer to myself sometimes as a recovering Pharisee. Mm. Um, and so if, for those of you listeners that may not know, or, uh, those of you that are familiar with the Bible, one of the new Testament, um, a lot of uh, Jesus's encounters with the quote unquote religious people of the day were Pharisees. They were religious leaders, leisure, leaders, excuse me. They, uh, uh, they were the, the quote unquote pastors of the day, if you will, of the Jewish mm -hmm. faith. And so they were notorious for saying one thing, but doing another, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, he would scold them for um, acting or appearing a certain way, but really inside they were, he would say, uh, full of dead men's bones. They were graves mm. full of dead men's bones kind of thing. And, um, really kind of poking at them for their hypocrisy and living a different way. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for, for, for what Jesus has done in my life and just the renewal that his spirits brought, it's, um, all those things are connected together now. Yeah. Wow. Um, so who, what I'm living out, how I'm living, all those things are now uh, falling much more in line with his word, with the things that I believe to be true intellectually, mm -hmm. but now they're actually, there's, as, as the scripture would say, there's fruit that's coming from that. So wow, very much my great. story. There's, there's a lot of anger stuff mixed in there too, mm -hmm. um, that compounded and caused problems in my marriage. Um, like mad at God or mad at your wife? Or just like um, internal yeah. anger. Yeah, internal anger issues. Um, you know, when when you're a religious person, that's your your way of relating and of living out is rule based. 
mm-hmm. and is just going through the motions and trying to appear a certain way. You're that's it. You're trying to appear a certain way. Right. So growing up, um, you know, growing up, there was there were things that um, that I didn't see, for instance. So I didn't see healthy conflict. I, okay. I hardly saw conflict, but when I did see conflict, it was never resolved in front of me. So okay. the message that got imprinted on me was conflict is bad, anger is bad, avoid it at all costs right. or bottle it up. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> you know, fast forward 20, 30 years later of stuffing all my emotions, stuffing anger, stuffing frustrations, not knowing how to deal with it, not having learned how to deal with that, compounded by the fact that uh, I'm a religious person that I'm someone who's just trying to appear a certain way or follow rules. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff. It's kind of a boiling kettle, if you will. Yeah. And, I could totally uh, see that. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of one of the tipping points. So, you know, when you're a religious person, when you're following the rules, you're very, um, gosh, you're a very legalistic person mm-hmm. and uh, you're very prideful. Yeah. And if that's the basis of your faith, you have no idea of knowing um, you know, what, what's enough. Yeah. Like, because ultimately it isn't even about ultimately that type of faith is very plastic and it's, it's the facade instead of Mm -hmm. a faith that's supposed to be elastic and it grows and it stretches. The more you learn about Mm -hmm. God, the more you learn about yourself, the more that you can love other people, the better that you're going to be in the community, the better husband, you're going to be all these things. And if faith tends to be plastic, in that regard, um, and that's what the rules do. I mean, with uh, with legalism and the imposing of rules, I mean, you're only as good as the rules that you're living up to. And if they're man-made, wow, that's a slippery slope. Yeah. yeah and unfortunately, absolutely. a lot of people uh, I know that that tend to just walk right away from the Christian faith once they get caught in that trap, just because you know it gets exhausting because it's about performance. Yeah. Jesus said, I've come so that they may have life and have it to the full. Right. And so when I came across those words and I began to like dig down, Lord, what does this really mean? Mm-hmm. How have I been living? And what's, what's the life you really intended? Mm-hmm. Jesus said, he who believes in me will have streams of living water flowing from within him. Right. That is a different type of way of living yeah. than a rules-based performance living where there's a lot of pride mm-hmm. and arrogance and trying to save face. And so... Imagine, if you will, trying to be married to someone like that. Yeah. That was the unfortunate case for my wife. And so, I mean, so how did your, your recovery out of that happen? Was that just a, a personal pursuit or was there like a spiritual director? Was there a pastor? Was there a yeah. counselor? Was there like a, a band of brothers that came around you and said, yeah. dude, yeah, this is going on. What did that look like? Yeah. So several things. That's a great question. Um, one just as a step forward to show my wife how serious I was, I, I went and saw a counselor. Yeah. So, um, knew some, uh, a friend from the past that he and his wife had gone through some counseling. He mm-hmm. made a recommendation. So I went and talked to him. Um, so that was good. Did that for a stretch of time. Um, so that was one thing. The second thing was I was a part of a band of brothers. We had a men's discipleship group from our church that we met about every other week. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, to have a have a group of guys that, I mean, I'd been with them uh, a couple of years at that point, and so I could sit down and share my junk mm-hmm. and uh, air it all out and be like, "Hey, I got a fight last night," or "Hey, here's what's going on," or you know, to be more heart level honest, um, mm-hmm. have them pray for me, encourage me. Um, you know that that was another component for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, also had a mentor at the time. He's actually on my podcast. He was one of my first guests on the podcast. Um, a mentor of mine that. Uh, you know, I just meet with occasionally and he just encouraged me and give me some perspective. You know, he's mm-hmm. uh, from, from life. He's a granddad now, you know, and so he's, he's, he's seen a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, so that, that was wise sage. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, quite honestly, um, just, and I can't stress this enough because it's one thing to read your Bible. Right. It's another thing to have a relationship with God. Yeah, I'm really so, glad you made this differentiation because yeah. this, uh, I think, is everything that you've said, Aaron, up to now, I think is one of the reasons why 
again, why, why people even stray away from Christianity or they are maybe even running to stoicism because it offers something that appears yeah. to be better than Christianity. Yeah. And, and I think ultimately, obviously Christianity is the answer and Christ is the answer. But unfortunately, there's so much of the messaging about Christianity that is about that performance. And then, yeah. and then you have some bad things from history that people dogpile on. Then you have the yeah. within the churches, the denominations. And then it seems like, you know, there's just this cultural opposition to Western Christianity, period, yeah. um, that goes against it. And I'm really glad that you differentiated between a relationship with God and simply reading your Bible. Because yeah. people, what I found is people within the church— even even people who mean well within the church, they've kind of lived this this life to say, well, no, my life is just going to be fixed. I'm going to be fixed. All I have to do is just read my Bible. Right. And it's just, and it's all taken care of. And yeah. the problem is they just don't see significant change or they fall into a performance-based faith, which is very yeah. plastic. Yeah. And then plastic things break. Yeah. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'll share. I'm. I'm glad you bring up stoicism too. We actually had a great conversation. Did. on Dad in the Trenches podcast about stoicism, but to just talk a minute about true change. Yeah, we're hitting all around this, and I think this is good. Um, there's really there's two ways that you can approach change. Um, one is stoicism would fall in this category. Other philosophies would fall in this category of, you know, there's discipline, there's gutting it out, there's sheer willpower and using Mm -hmm. your focus and, you know, kind of just routinely going after this. It's, I'm going to believe this way. I'm going to think this Mm -hmm. way. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to will my way into it. The question you have to ask yourself at the end of the day is what is the fruit of that? Right. What are the results? So I lived that way for a long time. And it made me a self-sufficient, proud person who also had to deal with anger issues. The second way you can deal with change, and this is the path and the way of Jesus, is um, seeking God and applying yourself to being a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there is a little bit of discipline involved, mm-hmm. um, but it's a two-way street. He meets you as well. It says, he, God says, run to me and I will run to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus, he, I mean, imagine this, Jesus is, this is John chapter four in the Bible, uh, or John 14, Jesus is nearing the end of life on earth. He's talking to his disciples and he says, look guys, you know what? It's better that I go away because when I go away, I'm going to send a helper to you. I'm going to send you the counselor. So he's going to send his spirit to live with us and to be in us and to guide us and help mm-hmm. us. And so you have this two-way street of I'm going to act with, interact with God and he's going to interact back with me. So the discipline aspects, and this is something you pointed out, is, you know, people can fall into, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, you know, I'm doing these things. But um, again, the reason for why, you know, repentance, fasting, silence, listening for God, all these things are part of a larger picture. And if you'll permit me, just the, the scripture that comes to mind is um, Jesus gives a parable that he shares, and it's the parable of the sower. And he tells them this thing. He uses a lot of agricultural stuff for the day and age, but he's talking and he, he's speaking parables. And he says, a, a farmer, a sower, went out to throw out his seed. And as he sowed his seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. And other seed fell on the rocky ground where they didn't have much soil and immediately sprang up. But since they didn't have any depth, the sun scorched it and went away and, and it withered. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. And then it says other seeds fell on good soil and produced a harvest. Some a hundredfold, 60 and 30 fold. And so then he's explaining this and he's saying, okay, so look, he says, the, uh, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what's been sown in the heart. And that was the seed that was thrown on the path. And what was thrown on the rocky ground, that's the one who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy. Because he doesn't have a root, it endures for a while. But then when hard times come and persecution arises, he falls away. And for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke it and it proves unfruitful. He says, but 
for what was sown on good soil. This is the one who hears God's word and understands it. And he bears fruit and yields hundredfold, 1630. And so the reason I'm sharing that is because the discipline aspect falls into this type of soil. You asked me earlier what changed. You know, the last four or five years, I've spent time trying to make my soil good. Okay. So it's the cultivation of my heart mm -hmm. to be able to receive the seeds and these good seeds of the kingdom so that he's producing fruit. Um, you know, the Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And, um, you know, how do you, how do you go about cultivating this in your life? Well, yeah, it's reading the word. It's knowing the word. It's praying. It's repenting. God, I was wrong. You know, I see, I know where I screwed up today. Would you forgive me? Would you help me? You know, let me fast. I want you more than food, God. I want my desires to be more of you. You know, I want to listen for you and spend silence. All right. those things are meant as a part of the cultivating of the soil mm -hmm. to break up the hard places in our hearts. And right. so it prepares, it sets the table, if you will, for God to do his thing, you know, because he doesn't want a prideful, arrogant person. He can't use a person that's prideful and arrogant. So you right. got to change your heart and shape you and make you ready to be able to, to follow after him. And so when he whispers and when he speaks and when he moves and he does things, you're ready. Right. That's very much my story. Yeah. And all the, all to his glory. Thankfully. It's yeah. <laughs> so keeping that soil, uh, work in the soil to make sure that, that you have a usable life. And, yeah. you know, part of that, the interesting thing is, uh, I guess the, the difference is uh, with a lot of, of Christians is what is actually the motivator, you know, is the motivator to, to, to be with God yeah. um, personally, or is it to attain something from God? Mm -hmm. And, I was reminded when you were talking, I was reminded of what the Apostle Paul said to Timothy and he encouraged him and he says, train, train up yourself in godliness. And he talks about how, you know, physical training has some value, but but when you're training in godliness, it has greater value. Yeah. It's a paraphrase, of course. Yeah. But but in that it's there is an aspect that we have to do some things. We can't right. just we can't just go to church. And just assume everything's great. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, everything's going to be fixed. Right. The soil is going to be good. I showed up. Right. Uh, they should have been happy that I was there. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, I could have been anywhere. I could have been fishing. Could have been watching the ball game. I could have been, you know, sleeping in. No, I wasn't. I was there. I, I should get some credit for that. And like, and and if the motivator is, of course, I'm being cynical, but if the motivator is, is, is based off of okay, hey, you know, I should be able to get something from God because I'm here. Uh -huh. That's the wrong motivator. Yeah. I mean, that's just a trap. And the, where the soil should be cultivated, it's, no, I want to be here because I'm living under the grace of God. If I'm living under the grace of God, that means when I'm training myself in godliness and I, and I don't do what I should or I have a bad day or I say something I shouldn't or my desires are incorrect, sure, you go back. You, can, you have that time of, of silence before God. Yeah. And, and you, you confess that and then you repent, you turn away from that and you go to him and you maintain that soil. I'm really glad you said that, that uh, that's helpful. And that, that does shape us. And certainly it has shaped you. Yeah. And, and I think that if somebody's going to grow spiritually to be, uh, to be a Christian, they have to make sure that, that as much as they're concerned, realizing it's a partnership with God, Yeah. but as cool. much as they're concerned, yeah. is to keep the soil good. Yeah, absolutely. Because so, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about relationship. I know so oftentimes we, there's many in the church that spin it as, in a way, it's kind of like fire insurance. Oh, come to God and you don't go to hell. You know, and it's like, well, that's really kind of missing the point because God's really, he wants to relate to us now. It's not about, just about eternity. I mean, there is an eternity, absolutely. But Jesus died to make a way to the Father, both here and after. And right. if if we're missing out on the relationship now, we're really not going to understand the eternal impacts. So. Right, right. So, so why did you actually start Dad in the trenches? 
Oh, good question. Um, I mean, really, during that stretching and uh, rough season, um, I was looking for resources. I was, I was looking for anything. I was trying to find a podcast. I was trying to find resources. Hey, is there another dad out here that's putting out stuff that's real and vulnerable or encouraging? Or you know, I just didn't find a whole lot. And um, um, it was actually we we had some health challenges with my family in the last couple of years and. Uh, it's been on my heart for a while and uh we had a better spot uh a year or so ago and just always always kind of on my heart to just man now i'm at a better spot as a person and and what's going on in my life i just wanted to put something out there that would have been like man if if i could have come across this in my season right (laughs) i hope someone comes across that needing what i needed at that time you know Mm -hmm. so started out with just Instagram. I still post, you know, on that. And, uh, and then the, felt like the podcast was another step of something I need to take. It's kind of, uh, uh, try to bring different dads from different stages of life and different walks of life, um, to just, you know, talk about dad, dad stuff and life with the Lord, you know, see what he's done with them and what we can all glean from that as well. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, equip and challenge and provide biblical truth for those of us in, in the trenches of life. So yeah. that's, that's kind of so, the heart behind it. So what does it mean to be in the trenches? <laughs> Dad in the trenches. I look at your yeah. stuff and you got like this army stuff and yeah. I'm a Navy guy, so I don't even understand any. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's like, what does it mean to be in the trenches? Yeah, it's really, it's meant to be a metaphor, uh, but I love uh, I love the imagery of the military. I've had both my grandfathers were in World War II. And, um, you know, there's, there's really two, two aspects to it. One is we all, we all know what it feels like to be in the trenches as dads and to have the pressures of life and trying to provide and just trying to do a good mm-hmm. job and, you know, love our kids well, love our spouse well, you know. So there's that aspect for sure. But then also just this aspect of brotherhood. And I think we as guys tend to isolate um, ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but when there's a sense of camaraderie, that's one of the things I really admire and and like about the military and a shared experience, like so many of our service members go through, is that it doesn't matter uh, if they were in the same company or not in the same branch of the military. If they know they're in military, it's like there's an immediate camaraderie. There's an understanding there. and and we dads should in a sense have the same, you know, we're, yeah. we have this shared experience of fatherhood of joys and failures and all that sort of thing. But, um, that's, you know, that's part of being in the trenches together. So, so what do you think that guys kind of push away from, from the brotherhood aspect of, of the, the benefit of brotherhood? Why do you think it is that men isolate and pull away and, you know, we've talked all around the fact that, you know, the fatherhood is war and that your work is to unite dads to, to remind us all, Hey, we're in the trenches. And if you're in the trenches, I'm with you, you know, we're going to be here to help you and encourage you. Why do you think guys run away from that? I mean, I think this is, it's talked about a lot, but yet there's some sort of mysterious thing there. Yeah. It's, that's a tough nut to crack, honestly. Um, I think there's several things. I think fear plays a part in it because mm-hmm. as, you know, oh, your husband, your man, you've got to have this figured out. you got to have it all together. So there's an aspect of being shown as vulnerable or not having it together mm-hmm. um, makes, there's the fear of feeling weak or fear of feeling, um, what's the word I'm looking for, incapable Right. Um, you know, there, there's, there's that fear, underlying fear. And really all that is, is just, it's lies from the enemy trying to isolate us and keep us from other brothers um, right. for one. But then I also think there's this aspect and, um, you know, when you go all the way back to Genesis and the Bible and, and you look at scripture and Adam and Eve in the garden, and when you kind of just think through the timeline, um, you know, God gave the commandment to Adam about what he could and couldn't do as far as the eating the fruit of the tree or not. Eve wasn't there when Adam got the commandment. Um, It was just Adam. Eve comes on the scene later, but then when it's time to, when Eve is being deceived and she goes to eat the fruit, well, 
it says she ate it, but she gave it to her husband who was with her is what the scripture says. Mm. And so what do we see there? We see apathy involved. We see um, apathy in Adam and we see in Eve this um, distortion of over coming over authority. Right. And so, I mean, I don't want to get all into it with society the way it is today, but you know, so much of the distortion and so much of the problems we see in society, I think are also related to the fact that um, men are uh, walking out their flesh tendency, which is what we see in Adam, which is apathy. And we have, um, you know, our ladies who are uh, overcome, trying to overcome authority structures that God Mm -hmm. put in place. And so that interplay between each other, I think you see that. And just for the men, why do we, why do we not submit to accountability? Why do we not want to be uh, uncovered for who we might actually be? There's an apathetic component in there too. I think it's just, it's flesh tendency. It's what, what's keeps us apart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's some false self things there that are just fueled by ego and other things too, that become opposition to that. It's, uh, you know, a lot of wrapped up in pride. Yeah, it is. And, and, and even false self goes, it even goes before uh, any, any certain of, I mean, it goes, the form of, of false self actually begins in childhood, deep, deep, deep back in the story of everybody's story because of mm-hmm. something happening and all that. And uh, so it's just interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm perplexed by that. I, I want to make sure that, you know, I can help guys as much as I can. And I know that, that guys tendency is kind of stray away from, Mm -hmm. from other people. And I'm a firm believer that every man needs an accompaniment of men to give them a 360. Yeah. You know, to look around them, we have, we all have blind spots. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and so I'm a firm believer that that's what we all need. Speaking of blind spots, what are, what life experience have you had that you would like for other men to avoid? And perhaps it was a blind spot that you had or that led into that. Yeah. You know, it, um, some of it already goes back to some of the, the story that I I shared earlier, but, um, maybe to, to touch a little bit or dive a little deeper. Um, you know, when, when you have frustrations, when you have, um, anger issues to, you know, how do we actually deal with that? Right. Um, a blind spot for me, and I think part of it is just upbringing, not knowing how to process that stuff. But I think so many of us, especially guys, our, our tendency is to try and bottle it up or just deal with it or suck it up, buttercup, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and, um, and that actually does detriment to us. Um, Gary Chapman has a, a great book uh, on anger. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talks about kind of five ways to process through anger, which is really good. Um, but a lot of what he talks about is you actually have to process the anger. This was really helpful for me. You have to process it. You can't just vent it. You have to process it, which takes reflection, which takes patience, which takes um, talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you have to out loud say, Hey, I'm angry. Now, what am I going to do about it? Like objectifying it right then and there, you know, calling it out. So for me, so much of life was lived inside my head and having to process it out. And so really kind of a blind spot of processing life, communicating life, uh, working through those things uh, verbally and, and working through those. I think that was part of some of the blind spots and, and, and rough areas I had to deal with um, just kind of on this journey, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. So let me shift gears a little bit. If you were to answer a question, we're going to step back from being a dad and just talk about manhood generally, but, uh, this question, how would you answer this question? What does it take to be a man? It's hmm. a good question. I mean, my worldview shapes a lot. Um, and what does it really take to be a man? It takes uh, humility. Okay. It takes, takes reliance on God, which both are intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Stoicism says, we'll just use Stoicism as an example. Stoicism says, you know, you, you, you rely on yourself. You have to, you have to do it all yourself. And um, that's not the way of Jesus. 
Jesus said, um, you know, if you want to follow after him, you have to take up your cross and follow him. And he talks about, you know, he who uh, uh, basically he wants to follow after me, you know, you have to die to yourself. And uh, he's, he's, he's offering us a better way. And, and part of well, that's part of Let me dig into that just for a second, because yeah. I wrestle with that too. And in the, the passage, one of the passages that you're making reference to is Luke 9, 23. And it says, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. Mm-hmm. But before that, he even says, if anyone would want to come after me, mm-hmm. deny yourself, uh, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Mm-hmm. So, but when he says deny yourself, I, I think that there's a misnomer there too, that it's like that we don't even play a part at all. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a misunderstanding with Christianity. It's almost Absolutely. like this let go, let God thing, which yeah. is really dangerous. It is really dangerous. Absolutely. And, and so do you know what I'm talking about though? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as, as some of hopefully what I've communicated just in, in my story and of itself of coming to this place of realizing like, I can't fix myself. Right. And, and there are things that yes, that I can pursue God in certain ways, but, but he can't do his thing unless I'm willing to lay lay down my pride. I'm willing to lay down my wants and my desires and, and ultimately to just sub, there's a heart submission that happens. There's a, an interchange that happens of I'm the captain of my ship or I'm going to let him take over and drive, you know, mm-hmm. sail. I'm sorry. You're in the Navy. You probably right. cringed at sail. <laughs> Who sails anymore? I was in the Navy. I was in an aircraft carrier. Okay. You, if, if it's sailing, we are in trouble. We're dead in the water for sailing. <laughs> so, uh, no, but I think I think just that humility and that real, it's that transfer of relying reliance on him versus reliance on yourself. And okay. So that so that aspect that, that covers so much of, of life then for what it takes to be a man. Right. Because um it colors everything at that point. Right. And I mean, yeah, it's like, well, does that mean you can't be strong? Does that mean you can't I know you you've you talk about the four pillars a lot. Um yep. I love that just, you know, uh physically, intellectually, spiritually, relationally. And it's like all of those things fit perfectly inside the will of God mm-hmm. and in our submission to him in humility, because yeah, I can absolutely be strong. I absolutely can be smart. I absolutely can connect with God and I absolutely can have better relational skills when the spirit of the Lord is moving in me and moving through me mm-hmm. and providing what I need in those regards. Um, right. And continuing to work and shape me towards some something that's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the way that I I understand it and then I work it out, and, and I'm not pushing back on what you said at all because I agree with you. But the word that I use is agency. That God has given every single person a, a, a certain amount of agency, absolutely willpower to to either we can either have that willpower just wielded only for us, or we can surrender it. Mm-hmm. to God. You know, my pillars are actually, they're rooted in Luke 252, mm-hmm. that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor yep. with God and in favor with man. Yep. So it's, these become really the, to me anyway, that God has given us agency. In other words, he wants us to do the right thing, to choose him and to do the right thing and, uh, and to use our power effectively. And so that's the reason why I said that about the whole let go and let God thing, because I think there's that has been a lie that's permeated through churches and specifically left a lot of men stranded. But they're like, well, oh, we just let go and let God, because that seems very that's that's a very passive approach to faith. Yeah. And in faith, while while we're relying upon God, but we're also cooperating with God. Mm hmm. And so we're leveraging that agency, the way I see it is leveraging that agency to work with, work with God, to yield to him anytime that we're in mm-hmm. any sort of a situation in opposition to him, yield to him first. So who has had the biggest impact on you as a man? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, if, if I were to, I, I could rattle off a couple, but I really, um, when I think back over the, just the whole of life, my grandfather, mm. um, is someone who, 
um, really has probably had the most impact. I think back even as a kid, he was, he was like, you know, he's like man's man. He, he goes, he went hunting and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was big and physically strong and, you know, we went out canoeing and fishing and he taught me to get, we went in the woods and he taught me how to shoot a 22 and, uh, you know, all those kind of those memories as a kid where you're like, we did like manly stuff, you know, and it's like, right. you have that, but he was someone who, even now he's 92. Um, mm-hmm. I actually saw him this last weekend went and visited the grandparents and, uh, he, uh, he just has this positive outlook on life. Wow. Um, I, I sometimes tend to be a glass is half empty kind of guy mm-hmm. and I have never known him to be that way. And, uh, he's, he always is, has a positive spin on things. He's always, he, he feels things deeply. He laughs at things deeply. He's got a good sense of humor. He's, uh, he's always talking about something. He's always tinkering with something. He's always got ideas. I mean, even 92, he's, they live in a small town and he's helping, you know, raise funds for the, you know, EMS, local EMS. And he's writing grants with the state, you know, I mean, he's just, he's always on the go and he's, he never really retired. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, from that standpoint and he, uh, and, but just his generosity as well with people, he always, um, maybe sometimes to a fault, he, he chooses the, to see the best in people, even though they may take advantage of him in certain regards. And he's just so generous. And so I just, I admire a lot of those things about him. That, um, Does he always have those, those attributes or, or was there like a transition? He's always had those or I, as far as I've, my perception goes, he's always had that. It's and, awesome. uh, it's just, you know, he and I are wired differently, but, uh, I, I aspire to some of those things myself and it's just made an impact. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So what is something that you were ill-prepared for in being a dad specifically? <laughs> uh, is all of it an answer? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, specifically just our own situation, we were, my wife and I uh, were kind of the first in our peer group, the first in our family, uh, everybody to have kids. And so it, it kind of it felt like we were figuring things out on our own. So mm-hmm. that was for sure. Just what are we doing there? You know, I had my own baggage. I mean, we had a couple of rough years of marriage before the kids came and felt like things kind of smoothed out uh, to a degree. And we're like, Oh yeah, God really, you know, he kind of roughed off. He, he took care of the rough spots on our soul. And, you know, we're, <laughs> we're at a good spot. And then we, we had kids and year or two into it. And like, you know, this bubbling pot of anger and all this kind of stuff mm. starting to surface I'm like oh god i'm so wicked i don't even know what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> so um, definitely I, I all of it from the get-go i think was was just wasn't didn't know what to expect or, or how to prepare for it and uh, okay you know it, it's i mean it's some of the very things we've been talking about it's like if you're a new dad listening or soon to be dad for the first time i mean really like you know, cultivate the the soil of your heart to let the Lord lead you and uh, mm. to just, you know, get you ready. <laughs> yeah. Get you ready for him to lead you in parenting. And, and, and kids have a way of, of also making you ready and uh, realize, yeah. you know, when you look at that child and you realize, you know, first child, I have never done this before. I have yeah. no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> You automatically, I don't care if you've read books about being a parent, no one has written a book on how to parent your child. Right. So it's like, throw the books out the window. What do I do? Throw yeah. your hands up and ask her help, you know? Yeah. What was funny was, you know, the very first night we brought our first home, um, you know, it was incredibly paranoid, even just, oh, am I driving? I'm making a full stop with the stop sign going home, you know, all that stuff he strapped in the back. We get home and so we're going to do dinner and we, we had this little roll around ottoman. So we set his little changing pad on that, put him on it on top of the ottoman. And we just sat there on the couch in complete silence, eating our dinner and staring at him <laughs> like complete silence. I was like, there's a human here. He wasn't here before. Oh my goodness. What do we do? You know? So it was like, I mean, just from the get go, it was, it's a lot of fun thinking back on it now, but just those moments of like, what are we getting into? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could tell you with, with, with our kids. Um, and I would say this, if my wife was here and my kids were in the room too, I mean, my <laughs> wife and I made a really good team in raising kids. 
<laughs> and my son's 23, my daughter's 16. Not saying we were perfect. We we have made and we still make mistakes, but sure. Um, but we were we were together and we are together in, in parenting yeah. and that and that makes a big difference. You know, even yeah. even that you telling that story, it's like looking looking at, at the child and you're like, okay, there's another human here. But at least you're together looking. <laughs> you know, so much of it is that it's it's yeah. you're together. Yeah. So in yeah, in when husband and wife can get together to raise kids and actually you know cooperate with one another and it's a it's a powerful thing yeah yeah and you know i one of the things i i use a lot on on social media for dad in the trenches is just this saying that says as the father goes so goes his family yeah and and we as dads have been given such a responsibility and the opportunity for impact um that's just like, I mean, you're well aware as probably anybody of the statistics of those that grow up with a father or without a father. And that's just a dad that's present in the home. Just right. there's like a, uh, it, it's, it's so, so simple in that regard. But like, imagine if you actually did something as a dad, you mm-hmm. actually were intentional as a dad. You're actually present as a dad. Right. If you, if you took, um, legacy seriously, mm-hmm. you know, those statistics, even in themselves, you know, multiply for the kind of effect you have on the life of your kids. And so um, it's like choosing early on. Yeah, I wasn't ready and prepared for dad, but by God, I was going to be the best dad I could and, and whatever I could. And so I started searching out resources and trying to yeah. gobble up anything I could find, you know, and it's like, you know, so many people say, well, what, what's your hobby? What do you do in your free time? You know, and it's like, I have kids. My, my family is my hobby, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I mean, so many dads hear that and I I get deer in the headlights sometimes. It's like, well, didn't you used to golf? Yeah, I used to golf, but like, you know, there'll be a time for that again, probably. And maybe I get to do it with my kids one day, but like, no, the shaping of their hearts and their lives is, is where it's really at and where I want to give my energy. And that's, that's in a sense, my hobby. And it's like, it's a great trade-off from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Sure, I wish I had more quote-unquote me time in, in certain regards, or um, but no, it's it's totally worth it, and uh, it's it's a strange way. It's a blessing. So. Yeah. Oh, for sure it is. And so, what advice would you give to to a man or a dad? You could go either way. Who's lost his way? What advice would you give to that guy who who doesn't know? what you know and who who's not at the place that you are now maybe he's maybe he is where you were four years ago mm-hmm. and he's kind of wayward and maybe not religious maybe just a, just a dad who's just trying to find his way mm-hmm. or a man who's trying to find his way yeah absolutely um you know i mean again speaking just from my worldview and just mm-hmm. seeing the impact not only myself but others around me you know the Lord can do a whole lot in a person's life and, mm-hmm. and it takes that submission. You know, we talked about the types of soil that your heart can be, you know, is it hard soil or is it soil that's been tilled and ready and, and ready for, for um, a plentiful harvest of fruit. And, and it's like, you know, we, especially in our hard, hardest times we're grasping for anything, a life preserver of any kind. And it's like, you know, find a group of guys that follow after the Lord. Um, you know, find your way back to Jesus in some regard. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I won't even say go to church because that can create problems in and of itself. I love the church and, right. and I absolutely think the Lord does tremendous things in community. Um, so many people, though, they say, well, I love, I've, I'm interested in Jesus. I just don't like his church. But it's like, you know, ultimately God's about relationship first and foremost. And so start with, get a Bible, crack it open, go to, go to the book of John, which is in the new Testament Mm -hmm. and meet Jesus and then go from there and then find others who know Jesus and are listening for his voice and trying to walk in his ways. And that'll get you into community. Yeah. I look at it, you know, you mentioned uh, the gospel of John, which think of, uh, people can just think of a gospel as a biography. So yeah. the four biographies of, yeah, good point. of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, so, good clarification. 
each one is is a little different. But one of the things that, that I would just advise you men, and maybe you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, if you're still hanging on and, and you're not a Christian, kudos to you. There has to be something there that, that is piquing your interest. But if you're if you're hanging on right now, here's the thing. Maybe the tipping point for you would be to to go into the Gospel of John and you you ask yourself. Looking at, at the life of Jesus, tell me if your life didn't look like Jesus, uh, I'll, I'll back it up. Just go through it with this perspective. Look at Jesus's life and look at your life. And you tell me which one's more desirable. So if you look at your life. And then you look at Jesus's life, which one's more desirable? And the same, the same life that Jesus had is the one that's on offer through Christianity hmm. and only through Christianity. While the other philosophies they offer maybe in part as to what Christianity does, but Christianity does it in full because it's Christ inhibiting a person that can help you live the life that he lived. Mm -hmm. So I think the core of Christianity and, and all the really maybe summarizing a lot of things that we've talked about the core of Christianity is, is being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus and doing what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's to me, it kind of boils down to these three things. Yeah, totally. So last question before I ask you about some books, what in your life has helped you to be stronger physically, intellectually, relationally or spiritually yeah uh, i've i kind of feel like a broken record honestly but okay. um you know submission to the spirit of god is is mm -hmm. what's helped me in all those areas because i've tried to get some of those things out on my own um i'm I, like i said before i'm i spend a lot of time in my head thinking mm -hmm. and uh, i'm naturally introverted and you know uh but just as I've had more relationship with him, as his spirits move and done things in my life, my heart, my mind, this renewal that's happened, you know, he's brought about really refreshment in a lot of these areas and freedom to these areas. So, mm -hmm. you know, and the, uh, the Aaron of five or six years ago, uh, would never have dreamed of like starting a podcast and reaching out to guests and like yeah, having conversations like we're having. Yeah. Because he's done a whole different work in my life. Am I still introverted? Absolutely. Is my tendency still to want to, uh, you know, hole up and not see the light of day or people and just read books? Absolutely. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he's done something in that relational component in my heart, hmm. um, and that's his life in me. What you were just talking about, and so hmm. same thing intellectually, spiritually, physically. You know, he he brings about new desires even. Uh, for things that you just never thought that you would, would have before. So. Gotta love that. Yeah. So shoot, shoot uh, the audience three books that they should read. Hmm. Um, one, I would, uh, I would say, I, I love John Eldridge as an author. Um, mm -hmm. There's, he's got, he's got several in there, but the one that's, probably my favorite uh, and actually kind of goes along the same thread of what we've been talking about and just what I've been sharing about life with the Lord. It's a book called walking with God. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's more unique in that there's only four chapters and it's, it's arranged by seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And it's literally like the guy's journal of his life with the Lord, his inner dialogues, his struggles. And he talks about what life with God is like and how he interacts with him. And, you know, he sprinkles in tidbits in there too, about just some key components. It's really good. I mean, his most famous, you know, was, um, there, there's several of it, uh, waking the dead. And, um, uh, I'm totally blanking out on that at the, the other one. What's the wild one? at heart. Yeah. Thank you. Wild at heart. That was like one of the first books I read that was like, you know, like masculinity, spiritual masculinity books. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, it's one that's so used and it's so good. Um, but Walking with God, I mean, I read that a year or two ago and it really, it, it was another accelerant that the Lord kind of threw fuel on the fire for me with life with him. And so I really enjoyed that. And um, it's a great, something that I always continually kind of go back to certain things. So um, 
I'll give you uh, the other one I've, pro- I've mentioned before as well. It's uh, anger. I think it's called Taming a Powerful Emotion or something that effect by um, Gary Chapman. Mm-hmm. And uh, just for any of you dads that deal with anger issues and just how do you process that? What are steps to take? How does God view it? I mean, he's, he approaches it from a, a biblical and Christian worldview as well. And it's, mm-hmm. um, it's really, really helpful, uh, really kind of pricks your soul in that regard. So, um, and the third, this one's just a fun one and productivity and business and, uh, you know, kind of in that vein, I love John A. Cuff as an author mm-hmm. and, uh, his book finish one of his most recent ones, uh, about goal setting and how to go about finishing, actually getting stuff done. Uh, I've totally fallen that category. I'm great at starting things, I'm not great at always finishing stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, something that's been really helpful as well. So if you, your listeners, uh, they can always flip over to uh, dadthetrenches.com. I've got a resource tab that I have a couple other dozen books of just some of my favorites that I've categorized by certain you know mm-hmm. topics. Um, they can pick those up as well that way or check them cool. out. So yeah, several of those are actually on my list too. Got a resource awesome. <laughs> list in mine as well. In uh, John Acuff, the book finishes not, but John Acuff is great and he is so funny. Man, mm-hmm. great, great sense of humor. Yeah, and I enjoy uh, him a lot. Yeah. And and I've heard that he writes like he speaks, so it's super yeah. engaging. <laughs> and, um, it's a rare find, really, for somebody to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, as we wind up the podcast today, I just want to just uh, give you an opportunity, plug in a new work that you're doing uh, in the future. This will most likely air in, uh, what is it? Probably March, I would gather, around that time frame. So, um what kind of work do you have going on? Is there anything you want to talk about? Plug, I'll put all of your stuff in the show notes, but yeah, no, that's great. You know, right now it's, uh, uh, I'm gearing up for just this next groupings of podcasts and, uh, took some time off in just December and, and January and, uh, kind of looking ahead and getting all that stuff queued up and ready. And then, um, you know, I still post on Instagram pretty frequently. And so you guys can just uh, check that out. Um, if you're, your listeners are at all interested, they can flip over to the website at dadinthetrenches.com and just click subscribe um, as well. And that way they'll just get, I literally, I don't spam anybody. They might get two emails a year from me if that, (laughs) and it's just, if there's anything new that's rolling out or, you know, key things to uh, be on the lookout for, um, you know, I do that as well. So they're more than welcome. Cool. Cool. Well, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your heart, sharing uh, the really your experiences. I know that the listeners as well as myself have benefited from it, and we're thankful for your time. And I know that uh, that people will be helped by it. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a pleasure, Chad. I'm glad to be on, and uh, and thanks so much. God bless. Yeah. God bless you. Gentlemen, as we wrap up the show, I just want to let you know some upcoming guests that are coming on. And if you have not subscribed yet, you want to because we have Cam Hall coming on from Fight the Dad Bod. He will be on actually next week. Uh, and then we have Ken Harrison, who is the uh, he's in leadership, senior leadership at Promise Keepers, uh, just a worldwide men's movement. John Eldridge, as in the John Eldridge from Wild at Heart, he will be on the podcast. Scott Flansbaum will be on, and we'll be able to hear about his unbreakable journey. Incredible, encouraging story, uh, and some struggle too, but just to see how he's overcome. Chris Sinog, who's a Navy SEAL sniper, he he and I already had a conversation. It was excellent. Uh, Mike Paff, he and I had a conversation as well, talking about the masculine archetypes. Paul Lewis Cole, he and I are going to be having a conversation in a couple of weeks, and he is in leadership of a worldwide men's movement. It's incredible. And then uh, the renowned Navy SEAL Jason Redman will be on the podcast as well following that. So a lot of exciting things happening, and these guests are going to be giving such great information and uh, just great how-tos for us to become new men. So if this podcast has been encouraging to you, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any of the shows. Also, tell a friend the best way that you can say thank you for the work that's done at New Kind of Man is to tell someone else about this. We have a a growing uh, followership 
through the podcast and Instagram and everything else, but it could it could expand a lot further if you would rate and review on iTunes and then also tell your friends. It would be really, really helpful to get the exposure so we can become great men. Thanks for listening to the New Kind of Man podcast. You've been given some good manly encouragement and now it's your turn. If you found today's content helpful, go tell a friend and please leave us a review. Also, consider hitting that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now it's time for all of us to do what Theodore Roosevelt said. Create. Act. Get action. Do things. Be sane. Don't fritter away your time. Take a place wherever you are and be somebody. Get action.